Hi there, this is Karen. I am the Woman Inspired Podcast hostess. Hostess. I'm the hostess with the podcast. <laughs> I am so glad to be back. I have been away for a while and not uh, done a few podcasts. This is probably the longest time period, not probably, definitely the longest time period I have gone uh, without recording a podcast since I started podcasting. Um, it's been a strange time. I think for a lot of people with uh, chaos in the world and lots of darkness everywhere and uh, unrest and restlessness and uh, pandemics and everything under the sun, 2020 is definitely not the new year I thought it was going to be. And so now we're halfway through it and we're all going, oh, I thank God it's almost 2021, right? Just, um, what is it? Six more months and three days, something like that. So, but welcome. Welcome because that's not what this podcast is about. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast. It's for men and women alike, although I do talk about a lot of female things. Um, that sounded really bad, but you'll get the point. If you've not listened to one before, I encourage you to go back and start from the beginning um, and listen to my very first podcast and join me on this journey. Um, I start out every podcast with a quote, which I call a pod quote, and I'm going to do that today too. But first, I'm going to let you know that today's podcast is titled Getting to Know You. And no, this isn't a cyber meet and greet or a dating podcast or a how to uh, become someone's online BFF <laughs> seminar. What, what it is, is about getting to know yourself. Um, a little bit about getting to know me better because every time I talk, you get to know me a little better. I'm pretty open, but mostly Today's podcast is about getting to know God and why it's so important. Again, let me start off with, uh, with uh, the pod quote. You might, you might want to write this one down um, or, you know, or store it in your memory bank if you have one. For me, <laughs> seems the storage space in my memory bank becomes smaller and smaller every year. And some days my memory forgets that there is a storage space up there. So you know, it rummages around some foreign places in my brain and comes up with God knows what, and it comes out my mouth. <laughs> uh, like the other day when I was checking out at the grocery store and the, the woman asked me if I had any coupons. Did I answer her with a polite, why, yes, yes, I do. Or a shoot, I forgot them at home. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I looked at her and said, uh, uh, I don't know, do I? <laughs> I looked in my purse because she looked at my purse not thinking, oh, well, that would be naturally where I would have them. I just did it because she was looking at my purse and I pulled out a receipt and an old tissue, um, my grocery list from two weeks ago, and an old um, uh, rubber band wrapper. That's what I brought out. No coupons. I'm sure she thought I, I had no idea what a coupon was that I just simply forgot. But I have no defense. There was no agenda I had to attend to or or some major world-shifting meeting I was prepping for in my brain that had sidetracked me. I just forgot. So I have to rely on pen and paper most of the time and good old sticky notes. And sometimes I just type quotes right into my phone. So I have to write things down. Quotes, grocery lists, what my name is, whatever, so I won't forget. Whatever works for you, go for it. Just be careful if you're driving while you're listening and forego the texting or pen and paper till later, please. So today's pod quote is from Barnabas Piper, who wrote the book, Help My Unbelief. Mr. Piper says, by all means, study God's word, but don't do so to collect knowledge. Do so to know him. I love that. 
So I read that quote a few weeks ago and it got me to thinking about all the times I've taken a Bible study class or I sat in a pew at church or listened to a sermon or a podcast and picked up my Bible to read it. And I wondered, did it all go in one ear out the other? Did I, did I look at those words and read it, but did I really ingest it? Um, were my mind and my heart in the right place when I was doing that? How many times did I do all those things because it was just expected of me? How many times did I do those things just to become knowledgeable because I like knowledge and I like studying, believe it or not. Um, I wanted to be knowledgeable about the Bible, theology, religion, rather than discovering who God is. Did I do it for the knowledge or did I do it to know God and why he's so important to my life and my journey? Yeah, doing those things are good things. They certainly didn't hurt me. In fact, over the years, I think I've learned a whole lot. Have I remembered all of it? No, (laughs) but I have learned a lot. But sometimes I'm guessing it's the same for most of you all. And if not, you can comment and tell me that I'm wrong by all means, because I'm not always right. But I'm guessing that like me, sometimes you have just muddled your way through. You did what was expected of you and you, you came away knowing God less, not knowing God more. And what do I mean by that? I mean, maybe you came away caught up in the do's and don'ts of religion or in the semantics of a religious how-to or someone else's idea of what theology is instead of knowing more about God. Or you came away knowing more about an opinion or a ritual than you did knowing God and drawing into a deeper relationship with him. And sometimes all of those semantics and all those do's and don'ts and all those religious things get in the way of a relationship with God and knowing him. No, this is not a commentary. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> this is not a commentary stating you shouldn't do Bible study or go to church, church or take theology classes. This is a podcast saying, hey, been there, lived it, sometimes still living it, and let's figure out how to get to know God better and be in a real relationship with God instead of giving him lip service or just going through the motions. I remember a while back when I was speaking to a group of women at a church about prayer, I guess I have this topic uh, called desperate prayer lives. And it's about running around like crazy, kind of doing, doing, doing things and not taking the time to pray. But then you get to the point where you feel so desperate that all you can kind of eke out is one little desperate prayer. And God hears those prayers, but that's not the the continual effectual prayer life God wants us to have. And you know, if you could take an hour to watch The Walking Dead or a half an hour to tune into Judge Judy or your favorite Food Network show every single day, you can take a half hour or an hour a day to work on your relationship and your communication with God. I mean, this is the single most important relationship you will ever have. But we so often only give God a minute here and a minute there. Now, I talk to God throughout the entire day, but I also have to, for his sake and for mine, and I say for his sake, he doesn't need me to talk to him, But for his purposes that he has for me, I need to communicate with him. But even more so for myself, I need to communicate with him. Because can you envision um, your human relationships if you you just did the a minute here, a minute there? How would you sustain these relationships? What if you only spent 10 minutes a day talking to your spouse? Okay, now, okay, some people would prefer only to talk to their spouses for 10 minutes or less a day. But that's a whole different podcast topic and maybe we'll do that later. And and then I'll give you some counseling numbers. But what if you only spoke, sorry, what if you only spoke or communicated with your kids for 10 minutes a day? 
or with your boss or with your, with, if you only spoke to your doctor for one minute a year, I mean, what would those important family relationships look like with that minimal amount of communication? I can't say minimal with that small amount of communication. What would those relationships look like? And think about if you couldn't or didn't communicate, but just one minute with your doctor, how would he help you? Yet, we relegate God to those 10 minutes or less, or maybe even just to once a week. And we've already got a leg up with Him in a relationship with God. We don't have to to work as hard, do we? Because He already knows each one of us inside and out. It's not like we have to come to Him and tell Him who we are. He already knows who we are. And He's helping us to figure out what that means. I mean, the Bible says that He knew us in the womb and He knows all of our comings and goings. Think about it. You don't have to do an awesome, you know, online profile with a Photoshop snazzy image to snag God's attention. You already have his undivided attention anytime you want it. You don't have to sit and, and yell outside the bathroom door over and over to get him to listen like a little kid does when they want their mom and dad's attention. You know, you know what I'm talking about? The knock, knock, knock. Dad, 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 what are you doing? Dad, can I talk to you? Dad, dad, no. He's waiting. We don't have to track him down. We don't have to wait till he puts the magazine down and flushes the toilet. He is the father, always ready, willing, and waiting for you to talk to him whenever. He's not like us. He doesn't easily dismiss us. We dismiss each other pretty, pretty easily, don't we? You don't have to, you know, you don't even have to send God a friend request, right? And wait for him to accept you or reject you. He already knows your entire profile. That's scary, I know, but he knows everything about you. He knows what's truth, what's a lie, what's photoshopped, (laughs) what's not, and yet he still loves you. He even loves you after that stupid post you put up 10 years ago and the callous comment you made last year and that snarky, petty argument you got into with a family member on your timeline. He still loves you even through all that. God is not of this um, current cancel culture that we have in our society. And he isn't holding your past against you. He's not going to peruse your social media timeline to try to convict you of something you said or did in a crazy moment or in an immature place on your journey or in a difficult season of your life when you were having a really hard time and just just let it fly on the Internet. He's not going to convict you of that. He's not going to be unforgiving. Thank God we don't have to use social media to connect with God. I mean, can you even imagine what that would look like to try to befriend God online anyhow? His social media account would burst all of the records as far as followers. And the the usage that he would have um, would probably crash the internet every day. But, but how about God's profile online? What would that look like anyway? He has way too many names to fit into a 200-character spot. Uh, name... Creator of heaven and earth, Alpha, Omega, Beginning, End, Rose of Sharon, Comforter, Messiah, Jesus, Holy One. What name would he choose? The shortest one, of course, would be I Am. And then what would he put as his profession? Comptroller of planet Earth. Or CEO of the human race. Or maybe caregiver of mankind. Raiser of the dead. And of course... He would be available for late night talks, early morning walks, and loves to be sung to. He is totally into contemporary Christian music and old time gospel, but prefers a chorus of angels. 
pet peeves are rebellious angels, taking his name in vain, and those glow-in-the-dark fish-shaped bumper stickers. Best known for throwing someone out of heaven, raising that Lazarus from the dead, and dumbfounding scientists by creating the platypus. <laughs> okay, that's, that's my, my version of God's uh, profile online. <laughs> I know it's crazy. These are the kind of thoughts I have in my head. This is what I've been doing for five weeks while I've not been podcasting. I've been pondering God on social media. <laughs> no, that's not the only thing I've been doing. But let's face it. If you want um, to meet someone through social media or a dating site, they can fake who they are and be whatever they want to be. They can load a picture that's enhanced from the calves to the breasts and down to the Photoshop nose job. They can make up any tale of accomplishments or self-kudos and accolades that they want and they aren't challenged or discovered oftentimes until it's too late and someone has invested into them emotionally and made some sort of connection with them but with God you can't hide all that and he's not hiding from you he has nothing to hide I don't know about you but in the darkness of this year of 2020 I have found myself wondering if God was hiding I mean yeah it might be easier to find him on social media because maybe I could see some action going on. But, I mean, come on. Heavenly Father, I'm outside the bathroom door knocking and knocking, saying, Father, Father, where are you? Can we talk? Are you done yet? When are you going to show up and stop all this madness? When are you going to teach people a lesson? God, where are you? I can't feel you. And I'm waiting for you to show up. This is what 2020 has been like in many ways. It's been tough, but you know what? I realized after reading, praying, and talking to God a lot the last five weeks that my issue is that I had slipped back into that place of needing to get to know him all over again. Somewhere in the stress and the darkness and the heaviness of the world in the past six months, I had kind of relegated God my God time, um, to just studying, reciting and pleading with him. Don't get me wrong. He hears all that. He honors my effort. And I have no doubt of that, but in all the theological digging, the, the getting myself so stressed, concerned and, and wound up, I forgot who God is to me. I forgot that I had a relationship with God that consists of more than him giving and me taking that core relationship with God is not like some purchase that you make at a convenience store where you give something of yourself and in exchange you get what you want. It's not here for you or me to give him a list of demands and then for us to act a certain way, hoping he'll fulfill that list. So after reading that quote that says, by all means study God's word, but don't, don't do so to collect knowledge, do so to know him. It really washed over me and convicted me that knowledge right now was not what I needed. What I needed was a reminder of who God is. I didn't need knowledge that God exists. I know he exists. From the very center of who I am, every part of me, what I needed was to get to know him all over again in a deeper way. Because once I, you, all of us know who God is, then we will also know who we are in him. We can't truly know who we are till we know the one who made us what he designed us for, what he called us to do, and that he's here with us through all of it. So I was in the post office the other day. The line was long, and of course, we were all attempting to remain standing six feet apart. 
and there was a man whom I learned was a grandpa to this little four or five year old boy who was in line with him. And this grandpa was having quite the hard time getting that little grandson to keep still and not run all over the place. The boy, you could tell, was used to being pretty active, and he was very friendly. He wanted to go up to every person and say hi and hug them and tell them something about his dog and his swimming pool and how he made cookies with his grandma. He was adorable, and he was very active, and you could tell the grandpa was proud of him, but as time went on and the line didn't move very quickly, the grandpa got frustrated with constantly pulling the boy back to him and getting him to stay in line and respect other people's spaces, especially right now. So at one point, the lady directly behind them in line, who was the person right in front of me, said, I bet you're happy to be here with your grandfather today, aren't you? And the little boy looked at her, and he squinted his eyes, and he tilted his head, and he said, huh? Like he didn't know what the woman was talking about. So she repeated it, and she said, I bet you're happy to be here with your grandfather today. I wish I had a grandfather like yours. And she pointed at his grandfather when she said that, and the boy stomped his foot, and said really loud, no, that's my grandfather. That's not my grandfather. That's my papa. He's mine. It was so cute, and it was so funny. Everyone was laughing, and he tucked his head under his papa's arm, and he hid his face. That made me think, though, how we should be with God, to know him well enough to know that we can hide in him, that, that we can call him by a very personal name and have a personal relationship with him, that it's not just this formal title of Heavenly Father, that we should have a close, intimate, personal relationship with God in a way that defies all the chaos of the world and gives us a home, no matter where we are, whether we have a roof over our heads, money in our bank, friends who adore us or not. And I just thought about that little boy and it made me me think, to him it was personal. That wasn't his grandfather. (laughs) That was his papa. And he was his. And I think that's the way we should be with our Heavenly Father, with our God. I know that's the way I was with my dad. And I want that with my Heavenly Father always. I want that feeling of knowing him that way all the time. That knowledge to the very core of who I am. I'm guessing some of you do as well. Or maybe you've never really known God on an intimate basis like that. Or you feel he doesn't really know you then how do you get to know him? Or how do you get to know him all over again? How do you know that who he is will allow you to open up to him in a way that helps you discover not just who God is, but who you are in God? Well, for me, I had to go back to what the Bible says about who God is and take every single thing it says about who God is and pray about what part of that actually applies to me. What part of I am is for me? You know, we often hear people say that God is love and leave it at that little kind of bit of truth. It's a really beautiful saying, and it is truth. But what does that mean? How does that help you and I right now in this moment, in this day, as we look at the weight that we carry and the burdens we have and the craziness around us and how God wants us to respond to it? First John four sixteen says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. What does abide mean? It means to accept and act in accordance with. So if you have come to know God and believe in the love God has for you and for us, then you're abiding in that 
means that you are accepting of his love and that you will act in accordance with his love for you and his love for others. This is where we get to know who God is, is by abiding in him. And that means that you will respect and live in accordance with his love. And, and so how do we know what his love teaches us? We know who God is and how his, what his character is by how he treats others, by his word, and by the promises that he's kept. 1 Timothy 1.7 tells us, He is immortal, invisible, the King of ages, the only God. This is where we get to know who God is. Know his character by how he treated others, like I said, and by his word. What he said to us and done for us. And when we do, we get to know ourselves better too. 1 John 1.5 tells us that this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So when you feel darkness or heaviness or burdens weighing you down, they are not of God because it is not in his character. He is light and in him is no darkness. We need to remember this. First John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And Psalm eleven seven says, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. God's word, the very Bible we have, is just what we need. You know, it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That means that God is infused in every part of that word that you read in the Bible, that it shines a light on and magnifies who he is to us. If we'll just read it, if we'll just study it, but not study it just to have knowledge, but to study it to know him. I mean, yeah, there are questions that we have that aren't answered, but that's where faith comes in, right? There are periods of Jesus's life we know nothing about and long periods of time that are not accounted for in the Bible, but we're talking about the creator of heaven and earth. He gave us what we need to know for now to live this journey in the way that he wants us to. He gave it in his word, in his son, Jesus Christ, and in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and about that Psalm eleven seven, for the Lord is righteous he loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. That means that he wants us to live right according to his word. And in order to do that, we have to know his word. This is how we get to know him. This is how we get to know how he wants us to live. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that about God's word when it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the word is alive. It is active. When you read it, it infuses you in this life-filled way that nothing else can. Zephaniah, and yes, I'm so proud I said that correctly. I think I did. If I didn't, just put in the comments and let me know. Zephaniah has a little verse um, you don't hear about it very often, but it's in chapter 3, verse 17. And I love it because it shares with us God's heart and reminds us that he's with us. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. I love this because it reminds me that God is with me in this, whether I'm seeing darkness, whether I'm feeling heaviness, where I'm light and feeling joyful and dancing around. He is in my midst. He will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you by his love. 
Isn't that a wonderful picture? When you're stirred up or you're upset or you're afraid or you're nervous or you're feeling anxious and anxiety going on or you're on the edge of a panic attack, he will quiet you by his love if you let him. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Like that little boy who took refuge in his papa. You know, he knew right where he could go. He knew that his papa was good. And he was blessed to be able to take refuge in him. It's the same way with us. We also know that God is not just a God of words, but he's a God of action. John 1, 24 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So what he said, he did. His words were alive. They still are alive. Romans 5, 8 reminds us, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And who are we? Who is the whoever in John 3.16? It is you and I. It is all of us. That's the whoever. And though we're all different and we should embrace, respect, and love those differences in each other, we're still all one in Jesus. We're all the same to him. We are the whoever that he spoke to, that he spoke about, that he spoke into being, and that he took action into saving us. Galatians 3.28 reminds us that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And oh, how don't we forget that frequently. So when it comes down to it, what does this add up to? How does, how does this get us to know ourselves? Because we're only as good as God's word. And his word helps tell us who we are. If we are his, then he gives us the ability to be, do, say, act like godly people. That's how we handle all this muck and mire we're in today. In a godly way, in a Christ-like way, in the way a child of God should. Will we always remember this? No, I sure don't. You already know how my memory can be, right? I put the milk in the pantry and the ice cream in the refrigerator the other day. But if I make and take the time to remind myself daily through reading the Bible, praying, being around other like-minded people who will remind me when I need to be reminded and be bold and honest with me when I'm not acting like I should, then I will more readily remember it. It's so easy right now to get out of the habit of reading the Bible, isn't it? I mean, we're in a pandemic and we have extra work at home. Um, we've got to work at home. We're drained by the kids around our feet all day. We're cooking every single meal three times a day, seven days a week, and most people aren't used to doing that. We can't get to our regular Bible study class. We weren't going to, to a church building, and then the, the power went out, and so we couldn't do the online sermon series. And then we decided to just listen to worship music instead of doing church stuff. And then a fundraiser came on Caleb, and so we didn't want to listen to that. So we wanted music instead. So we switched to a 70s station, and now we keep forgetting to switch it back. And so we just keep listening to the 70s music. And now we're out in the desert on a horse with no name, and Instead of out singing the holy name of Jesus. <laughs> That's kind of the scenario. Does any of that sound familiar? We get out of the habit. We kind of just kind of go down a rabbit hole and get further and further away from where we intended to be. We get out of the habit of doing anything that has to do with seeking God. 
I hope it's not just me. If it's just me, oh well. But I'm working on it. Maybe it's the same song, different verse for you, but pretty much the same tune, right? It's happening to a lot of us. But the Word tells us how we can be children of God, how we can come to Him, what that affords us, and how that affects us. I don't know if you knew, but Philippians 4.13 isn't just a pretty verse to stick on your bulletin board or stencil on your dining room wall. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's true. It's real. And it doesn't just help you to know who God is, but to know what you're capable of because of him. And 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that we are not a people of fear. God didn't make us designed to be living in fear and anxiety every day. That's not who we are. If you have taken on that label or let someone else push you into place of uh, into uh, some place of believing that you must live a life of constant fear, then seek God's word on the truth of this. Because the scripture tells us, for God gave us a spirit of fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. These are just a small sampling of what God's word has to say about who he is and who we are because we are his. But I need those reminders every single day. I'd say that even though I'm different, (laughs) unique, I'm fairly odd to some people, and I'm probably the only one right now as you're listening to this wearing polka dotted mixed match socks with pink fuzzy slippers. But we're not that much different in some ways, are we? I have another quote for you from Barnabas Piper. He says, When we are in relationship with God, his word becomes more than a book. It becomes alive. It becomes personal. And I love that quote. You know how you constantly hear people say, well, don't take it personally. Someone calls you a name. Don't take it personally. Someone says a racist remark about your best friend and and, and they say, don't take it personally, though. Oh, they say, you look fat in that outfit, but don't take it personally. Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't show up for your barbecue, but don't take it personally. Well, most of that time, that's kind of quieter smack talk for, yeah, it was meant personally, but I can get away with it if I just say, don't take it personally on the end. But God's not like that. What he says he means, what he promises he does, what he has forgiven, he will continue to forgive. What he gives, takes away, what he leads us to, convicts us of, teaches us about and tells us about who we are is very personal. So please, by all means, take it personally. Get to know him and get to know yourself in the process. Thank you so much for joining me again for the Woman Inspired Podcast. I appreciate it. Don't forget to like, follow, and share this podcast. And if you normally tune in via Google Play, just a heads up that they're getting ready to get rid of Google Play soon and they're merging Google Play, Amazon Music, and YouTube all together. So in the future, you will find me on YouTube podcasts and music stations, but you'll also all find me on the Podbean and iTunes and also on my website at womaninspired.com. And as always, I will post my podcasts on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at one woman inspired. That's the number one followed by woman inspired. Thank you again for tuning in and I appreciate you so much. Have a blessed day.